Hello and welcome to KLO Talks, a podcast for financial discussion. This is where we discuss the latest financial trends, news and events and aim to unravel the complicated world of investing and finance. So whether you're passionate about the sector or just want to understand more about the importance of optimizing your finances, KLO Talks has something for everyone. Hello and welcome to another episode of KLO Talks, the podcast for financial discussion. This week, I'm joined again by Terry. How are you doing? Yes, I'm very well. Thank you, Peter. Very glad to be here again. Thank you. Fantastic. We have a topic to discuss this week, which will be on the radar of many people. Um, It's becoming more popular. It always has been uh, something that happens in life. But I think sometimes it's one of those ones that was always approached with a little bit of trepidation because of financial consequences and financial ties. So this week we're actually talking, it's going to be a part one um, to money and divorce. And we're going to be talking pension sharing orders. Yes. Um, yeah. As you said, Peter, you know, it's something that um, often people think about um, They might not go through with it because um, they're thinking of the finances and thinking, how could I live on my own? Um, and how does it work? And it's a very scary time. And um know these these clients are vulnerable at this time um because they're going through so much um divorces can be very complicated as you can imagine um but you know the finances that go along with it can also be very complicated so uh, today hopefully we'll we'll touch on how pensions get separated in divorce um and just talk a little bit around that really because I, i imagine a lot of people probably don't know how this works and some people don't have pensions and the other uh, partner does and they think that they are not entitled to any of that either which uh, isn't the case yeah um, <clears throat> yeah absolutely and i think we were looking at some of the stats in terms of uh the divorce rates um in recent years and and the numbers are actually quite staggering when you look at you know in 2017 um according to uh, crisp and co solicitors the divorce rate um, was about 42% of marriages in England and Wales, you know, happened in 2017. And that number is actually pretty high. Um, so this is something that does happen and it is a part of life, but it, it does for many people represent a significant shift and change of direction personally and often financially as well. Yeah. Um, and they just need to know where to go. And obviously their first point of call would be that to the, to a solicitor who will, you know, start the divorce proceedings and, um, divorces will probably be on the rise, you know, new legislation, uh, coming in place and, uh, where no fault divorce, um, which basically means, well, previously you had to kind of try and shift the blame onto the other partner to for grounds for divorce but that's no longer the case so you would expect those figures to start rising um and when you when you start going through divorce proceedings scary time and yes of course you know you go and speak to a solicitor that knows what they're doing um who can help you and guide you through that and often you know they'll come to some sort of resolution and there'll be a split between assets um and they'll calculate all the assets and then they'll start saying well who's entitled to what, and they'll give a percentage. Then when the percentage is done, then it's time to speak to a financial advisor um, to see if they can help you split those assets and the best way to split them. 
So why don't you just talk us through what uh, a pension share, sharing order is? Because I'm sure that for people who are listening, they may have heard those phrases before, but don't necessarily know what they actually mean. Yeah, it, it's quite simple, really. It's um, um, you're going through divorce proceedings and the outcome, financially speaking, says you're allowed, say, 50 percent of uh, these assets. And one of the assets is a pension. And that just basically means you're entitled to 50% of the pension from your partner that they've built up through, through their lifetime or through their marriage. Let's just take a simple example. Um, you get a ruling that you're entitled to 50%. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a, an amicable uh, divorce and you've both agreed 50% is fair. And you think, okay, well, let's look at all the assets, put them down the middle. But of course, some assets are easier to split than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so the family home, you know, who gets to live there? What are you going to do? Sell it and then, you know, split the money there. Well, okay, that's one option. And some people do that. Or sometimes the other option is to say, well, you, one partner keeps the family home. Um, and it might be where the children are still can grow up in. And the other partner needs to go and buy a, a house. So you can see that the 50-50 split isn't as simple as just, oh, let's split everything down the middle. It might be that you start having to play around a little bit with the different assets to make sure that both of you get the same value, 50-50, but just in a different way. Um, and that, more often than not, it's for practical reasons, the husband has a bigger pension pot than the wife. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife may have uh, taken time out of work to raise children, to give birth, of course, for firstly, and then to raise the children um, whilst the husband is, is being allowed to go and, and earn the money. And it's just practical reasons. That's how it, it's panned out over the, uh, over the recent decades. Um, and they're not, more often than not, the wife thinks that they're not entitled to that pension part. Well, well they are. Um, and that's for you to discuss with your solicitor at the time, but they will bring that into the equation when they're looking at the assets. So with a the pension then, we've spoken about pensions before. <clears throat> Um, on on this podcast, and there are clear kind of like advantages to the different kind of pensions you have. You've got DB pensions, which are the final salary, defined benefit pensions. You've got defined contribution ones, which is what pretty much everybody's paying into now because defined benefits are you know old and never coming back, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> um, but there are also some other benefits to it as well. And just give me a brief explanation of you know what people need to consider if they have a defined contribution and the key things they need to consider the differences if they have, you know, a partner with a defined benefit, because the treatment of those two things, when you're looking to split assets will be different based on the kind of pensions they are. Yeah. So that's a very good point, uh, Peter. Um, So starting with that we should really just recap what those two pensions are the differences are between a defined contribution pension and a defined benefit pension so a defined contribution uh, pension is um that you build up money over time in a pension pot so you're putting money in and maybe your employer is putting some money in uh, if you work for somebody and those funds are invested over time and at retirement you have a pension pot with a certain value and you can start drawing from that pension pot. But the key takeaway there is you are putting money into it or your employer is and they're being invested. 
those funds are being invested and you're building those um, assets up over time. So there's no guarantees of the pension value at retirement. That's a key takeaway. Now, when you compare it to a defined benefit pension, uh, very different, there is a guarantee at retirement that you will receive a certain income stream. So every year you are guaranteed a certain amount of money to take away so you can live. So say, for instance, you're allowed £50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. You're guaranteed that throughout your lifetime. Um, that's a big difference. You know, the one uncertain and then the other one very certain, this is what I'm going to have in retirement. Yeah. One is a pot of money. The other is an income stream that you're guaranteed. That's the big takeaway. Okay. So when you're looking at this from a sharing pension or a pension sharing order point of view, the first one, which will be the defined contribution is effectively a pot of money, like you say. So it's going to be worth X amount. It's half if that's what the agreement is going to be on yeah. divorce. With the defined benefit though, because it's a, it's a, it's a guaranteed stream of income in the future. What are the key considerations that people need to understand about that? Because it's, it's quite a, a complex thing to approach. Yes, you're very right. So the first one, the defined con uh, contribution pension, um, very simple to split. As you said, there's a value, pot of money there, pot of investments, and you split it. Fine, done. Quite simple. Um, the, the latter, the defined benefit contribution uh, pension, um, it's not as simple because there is one person tied to that pension and they're guaranteed, they personally are guaranteed that income stream at retirement. Now, how do you, the other partner, get a hold of what's, what you're entitled to from that pension? Um, well, you have to write to the pension scheme provider and they will send you a transfer value. Now, that transfer value basically means how much money do you need to replicate that income stream in financial markets? Mm -hmm. So right now, how much money do you need to invest to replicate the income stream from that pension. Um, so they get complicated calculation. They send you this value and it's only valid for a certain amount of time. So you have to act on it quite quickly as well. And then you start the transfer proceedings, but you need a financial advisor to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, by law, you need to do that um, unless it's below 30,000 pounds. But quite often these defined benefit contribute uh, defined benefit pensions are not below 30,000. They're in masses excess of that yeah. figure. So you need a financial advisor. Um, and that comes with costs because it is a highly regulated um, procedure and it's quite costly mm -hmm. uh, for that reason. Um, so that is a consideration uh, to think about, uh, is it worth the cost? Now, of course, you want that pension. You want some you're entitled to it. So you would automatically say, yes, it's worth the cost. But what if the pension pot is worth 50,000 to you and the costs are 10,000 pounds? You know, that's a large amount of the pension pot that's eaten yeah. away cost. So there may be a better option when looking at those types of pensions. Um, it may be that you you don't touch the pension, but you get the transfer value from that pension. So they're telling you you're entitled to 50,000 um, pounds and you take the 50,000 pounds from your spouse, these other assets mm -hmm. instead. So they may have a nicer, they may have a, 
uh, a bond or another type of investment. Um, they may have anything, but you get the assets from somewhere else to the same value. That's something to think about. It's not always as clear cut as, oh, right, I'm entitled to that pension. I'm going to take the pension. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are better options sometimes. So with that, and because with pensions, you've got the benefit of the pension being outside of the estate. In your experience, is there ever, ever a calculation into those kind of benefits as well? If, like what you're saying there, um, you offset that because it is a defined benefit, it might be easier to take a £50,000 in an ISA. How do you account for the fact that, you know, there's additional benefits with, you know, the, the pension being outside of the estate? Is that is that a big point for, for people to consider? Yes, it is. And it all depends on the client. So if they have enough assets where inheritance tax will be an issue, then these points that you're saying, the pension being outside of the estate, well, that would be very important to them uh, because they want to limit their inheritance tax for their loved ones, their beneficiaries. Yeah. Um, if the estate is you know, lower than the inheritance tax threshold, then it the inheritance talk isn't really as important. Mm -hmm. So you can see it all depends on the client. And then you've touched on something there, tax implications. So we mentioned that maybe sometimes it's better to take the, let, we gave an example, the ISA uh, instead of the pension. Well, there are different tax implications on ISAs and pensions. Mm -hmm. So when you draw money out of a pension, it's subject to income tax. When you draw money out of an ISA, it's not subject to income tax. So these tax implications definitely come into the equation and you have to calculate the benefit um, to the client or the disadvantage. And then, then you may be asking for more money um, from the spouse uh, because of those tax implications or less money because yeah. you are in a better tax position. Um, so there are complicated calculations that go into each of these um and it's that's why it's so important to get the right advice um first of all you need a good solicitor obviously um and good solicitors do you know they do a brilliant job um and then you need the correct financial advice um and i gave an example there where you know if if there's a better option um and a cheaper option to the client then your advisor should definitely be exploring that route um, because the client is at the center of this, they're going through a difficult time. Get the best outcome for your clients. That's that's the key. Yeah, and I think it's it's, it's a difficult one because ultimately you're in the midst of a very uncomfortable situation, painful, awkward, and you know something that is life changing because everything moving forward from that point onwards will be different for the individuals that are involved with this. So you being able to provide something that is not only um, comforting in terms of, okay, we've got to make this split and this, this is the sharing and this is what you need to, to consider about this pot of money. You need to try and make that as smoother and as, as simple as possible so you're not adding to that, that stressful situation. That You've got a lot of stuff to think about whilst doing all of that as well to make sure that you can you know take the stress away but also make sure that they're in the best position possible so it's a really big piece of work and a big uh responsibility yeah it's definitely um you're quite right and the and the key thing is to i mean we've talked about certain things there and they may sound quite complicated to anybody listening um 
and I would say to any listeners, don't be scared about the financial part of it. Um, you know, when when it comes to maybe a pension sharing order, your advisor should make it very simple and show you the different outcomes and then show you how you would live going forward with the amount of money you're receiving. And that's all you really want to know. How much is it going to cost me? Have I got enough money to live on after this divorce? Um, what's my best course of action with my finances and the most tax efficient course uh, and the chi- and the cheapest course? Um, not being, you know, you don't choose the cheapest course uh, always because of what we talked about earlier, so maybe tax implications, things like that. But the option that you choose, make it as efficient for the client as possible and make it as simple for the client as possible. Um, they've just gone through a very stressful time. They don't want to be, uh, you know, confused with numbers and fees and another fee and here just make it simple from the outset for the client and that's what a good advisor should do at what point do you typically get involved in that process as a financial advisor and sort of get bought into the investment management side to things is that early on in the cycle or is that sort of very much to the end um if yeah, it can be both both sides. It, it depends on uh, the solicitor that's working with the client. Um, they may like to get a financial advisor involved uh, during the divorce proceedings and say, this is the likely outcome. Um, speak to my client and prep them a little bit how this works and get their mindset around it and prepare them for the next stage after we've dealt with the divorce. Or it can be that the divorce lawyer at the end uh, would say to their client, now I recommend that you speak to a financial advisor. My preferred route is to speak, is the, is the former option, because we prep the client and we manage their expectations uh, a little better. So they know that, yes, the divorce is finalized, but now we need to talk about the finances. Uh, and so it doesn't hit them as hard. Um, the stress levels I'm talking about. So, you know, they've just gone through a difficult time and they've gone through all the lawyers and maybe they've gone to court and they've paid fees and then they speak to a financial advisor and then they realize that, oh, maybe this isn't quite over yet. Um, I've got some finances to sort out and there's more fees on top of that. If you can speak to a client whilst they're going through the divorce proceedings, it just manages their expectations a little better and prepares them for um, the next step. So, that would be my preferred route. And um, having worked on these cases, I think that works better for the clients. Um, but it all depends. It all depends. Yeah. Is there anything that you would um, kind of say to anyone going through this or potentially going into this as, you know, a couple of things that they need to maybe perhaps get in order very, very early doors? to make this entire process as stress-free as it, as it possibly can be. Bearing in mind, it is quite a stressful situation. Yeah. Um, talk with your solicitor as you're going through the divorce process. Um, ask them the question, um, do, they, do they recommend speaking to an advisor if they don't have one already? Um, and make an introduction. Ask them to make an introduction if they feel comfortable doing that. Um, and start talking to an advisor as early as possible. Uh, but make sure that you know you you communicate this with your solicitor because the advisor and the solicitor 
really can help you as the client um, during this whole process if they talk to one another. Um, they can communicate different bits of information between themselves that will benefit you, the client, through this whole process and make it easier for you. Do you think it's important for the solicitor and the advisor to work hand in hand to make this entire experience easier for the client? And do you often find that that is the case or not the case? Um, to answer your first question, yes, I think it, it is beneficial to the client to work hand in hand uh, with the solicitor to um, get the best solution for the client. And by all means, I'm not saying that the financial advisor is going to have any input on the, the law um, that the solicitor is doing. That's completely, you know, the, no. Uh, the solicitor will do their job um, correctly. Um, and if the advisor and the solicitor talk about what's happening in the actual divorce case, then it will help the client because they will be sharing information and outcomes that the advisor can start preparing for. Mm. Um, and it's as simple as that really just yeah. to help the client yeah um is it often the case you answered um i think it is common practice with uh, most solicitors to involve financial advisors uh but not all so you know it's it's just it depends on the individual um lawyer at the time that's um when they feel is right for to bring a financial advisor in yeah um, some do some don't yeah, I think partnership in in all these kind of things are are really really important. Um, and you know, I know I know that 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 does happen at different degrees and different levels depending on the circumstance. But I think ultimately here for anybody who's listened to this, who knows someone or maybe going through this, it's important to for you to know that you know those two professions are needed in order for you to complete the cycle of work that needs to be done. So the earlier you're able to engage, the better it will be in terms of overall outcome ultimately in the end yes i can't, I can't not agree with that that's uh, yeah exactly right exactly right the the client is at the center of all this uh, both the um the lawyer and the financial advisor um want the best for the client through this difficult time fantastic well i hope that has been an interesting conversation something that you've picked up maybe just even just a little bit of a nugget um, to bear in mind if you are in this situation at the moment where you are possibly facing this then we strongly encourage you to reach out to Terry and the guys at Kelo for a complimentary consultation um, where they can just sit down and just understand your circumstances and present some options for you to have a look at um, these things are free it doesn't cost you anything at all um, and the guys are always open to have conversations with advice as i'm sure terry will agree i do agree completely peter yes always happy to have a chat it costs you nothing to discuss your situation with one of us here at KLO, um, and we're all very happy to to try and help where we can absolutely and on the defined benefit um, sort of pensions that is something that you guys are still doing because i know that advisors doing defined benefit pensions is becoming increasingly rare now yes yeah but yes it is um it's a very highly regulated um part of the financial advisory process um but yes we we're still um carrying out some of those where they are right to do so um and so yes we're we're fully able to help um 
with pension sharing orders where a defined benefit pension is involved. Thanks, Terry. So if you have any questions, please do feel free to reach out to Terry. There will be a link in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Until next week, take care.